0: Good morning,
1: everybody. I hope you're going jolly out there today. We have a special show for you today. This is part two in Betrayal in Benghazi, and we have very special guests here for you today. But first, before we begin, I want to just say that Making Life Brighter Radio has been dedicated to experts in their field and those that are making our lives brighter, and this is no exception today. I consider the last two shows, including today's show, to be that of the health of America and that of the health of the world. And so without further ado, I'd like to introduce my very first guest today. It is Major General Paul E. Vallely, and he is a retired general of the U.S. Army. And he had a deputy commanding general of the U.S. Army. He was stationed in the Pacific in Honolulu and Hawaii. But what's so important about his work and why it factors into today's show is because he conducted intelligence and humanitarian missions into Turkey and Syria in 2012 and 2013. He is a part of the Army War College having graduated. He, his combat and service was in Vietnam and included positions in the infantry and commander positions, intelligence officer, operations officer, military advisor, and aide-de-camp. He has over 15 years' experience in special operations and psychological and civil military operations. He knows what he's doing. And he's here today to talk with us more regarding the betrayal in Benghazi. And I'd like to introduce him, without further ado, Major General Paul Vellaleh. Thank you for coming today and being on Making Life Brighter Radio.
2: Well, thank you, Winifred. tried to enlighten everybody about uh, Benghazi, which issue is still alive and well.
1: You've been a proponent of bringing this issue forward. Why is it that you yourself took up this position for this issue?
2: Well, let me, let me put it in perspective. Uh, let's go back to uh, 2012 and then to 2014 when we formed the Citizens Commission on Benghazi. I was with uh, Fox News at that time in 2012. Uh, I was a senior military analyst. And uh, when the hearings began uh, sometime later uh, by Trey Gowdy in Congress, we had Hillary Clinton, Secretary uh, of Defense Leon Panetta, and the Chairman of the uh, Joint Chiefs of Staff, uh, General Dempsey, and so uh, the inquiry uh, went into what happened in Benghazi and why did it happen? Why did we lose four great Americans there, over uh, during that 13-hour period when the Benghazi consulate and the annex were attacked by uh, militant Islamist groups? And so, uh, after they testified, I, I listened to them. They all lied. They all lied about three things, basically. Number one, they said we didn't have enough intelligence uh, to launch a a rescue operation, that we didn't have the uh, forces uh, uh, in the uh, Middle East area to mount a timely rescue operation, and that basically there's nothing we could do. Well, that night I went on the Geraldo Rivera show on Fox News, and he he said, well, you just came out with a statement that the Secretary of Defense and the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs and Hillary Clinton lied. I said, uh, I answered that by saying, yes, that's true, because I know that area. I know we have armed forces there. We have fleets in the Mediterranean. Uh, we have ships, 8 to 12 ships there right now. We have forces in Spain, in Italy, uh, in Europe. Uh, we have a Don Air Force Base in Turkey. We had Marines aboard the ships in the Mediterranean. We had drones. So I knew that we had assets in the area to launch a very timely rescue operation. And uh, then uh, when we formed the Citizens Commission on Benghazi, I did that with Admiral Ace Lyons. We provided most of the in-depth uh, intelligence and information we had. Uh, and gave it to Trey Gowdy. Now, the Congressional uh, Committee, if I can use the football of we took it to the 10 yard line and then they quit. They never took it into the end zone and held those uh, three people and others accountable uh, for what I call dereliction of duty at the highest levels of our government. And why, uh, so, Brian, why would up they quit? The day, uh, excuse me, go ahead.
1: Why would they quit? What would make them quit, and what would make I, I, the others lie?
2: Well, we think Trey Gotti was compromised by the Clinton machine, and he didn't want to pursue it any further.
1: What is the Clinton machine?
2: <laughs> well, the Clinton In machine involves Hillary, Hillary Clinton, the State Department, part of the deep state as we call it now, the Obama White House, and uh, the uh, machine that she ran in the State Department to command and control and took over, by the way, from the Defense Department, the role of ordering a stand-down uh, in the rescue operation. So that's what we sort of call the Clinton machine, and it's alive and well today.
1: And there's nobody that's putting an end to that? If, it's, if, they, if ones know that they're lying and Obama knew that this was going on, Why is no one stopping this? Or are they stopping this?
2: Well, no, it's still a matter of investigation. It's part of uh, what's going to be released uh, and questioned when Hillary uh, has to testify in the next couple of weeks. Uh, But there's people at the highest level of government that have to be held responsible, and that's why we're keeping it alive. Charles Woods, the father of Tyrone Woods, uh, who uh, was one of the four killed in Benghazi, called me earlier last year and said, you know, I've got more information now uh, about what happened during that 13 hours on that day. And I said, well, what is it, Charlie? He says, we've uh, we've been in touch with those uh, members of the armed forces that were on duty that night in various parts of the world that were monitoring the assets we had, the forces we had in Benghazi area, in the Mediterranean, that in fact could have launched a rescue operation in the second hour. And so that really solidified uh, our, uh, our investigations that a rescue operation could have been conducted, and it wasn't, and we had four of our fine Americans killed.
1: And one of those was his son, Ty Woods, unnecessarily died. For what end? What would be the purpose of not rescuing them? Why would they cover this up? Why would they lie about this altogether? What's in it for them?
2: Well, it was a cover-up operation of an arms deal that went bad, of arms going from Libya, Benghazi, into Syria in the Middle East, run by the State Department and Hillary Clinton and her machine there. And uh, they wanted to cover that up. Ambassador Stevens knew about it. The British knew about it. The French knew about it. The Turks knew about it. And so uh, it was at the same time of the uh, uh, Second Revolution in Egypt uh, when Morsi, who was supported uh, the Muslim Brotherhood, and had new president of Egypt, uh, was taken out of power. Uh, and uh, Hillary Clinton and Obama supported the Muslim Brotherhood, Morsi. I had then gone to Egypt on two different occasions, met with General al-Sisi, the president of uh, of uh, Egypt uh, later on after I was there. And so there was a tie in uh, also to the phony video or audio that was made that uh, Hillary and Susan Rice uh, went on air about that uh, really started uh, that uh, uh, situation in Egypt. And it tied in, of course, to their next door neighbor, Libya. So there's a lot of tentacles that were at work at that time. But the key fact is, was dereliction of duty of not ordering a rescue mission to save those four people. And that's why we've called it now the Benghazi betrayal. Uh, we're working on a book uh, to uh, expose all that would ha- happened before, during, and after uh, Benghazi.
1: This is astounding. And why is it that she's not being brought forward? I know that Tom Finton went and spoke to Lou Dobbs the other day, and he's talking about them her, her dep- deposition upcoming. And Correct. that he feels the president, President Trump, should create his own investigative group to go after and look at this. Why is the trail only about emails? Why is it not, you know, somebody said something or heard her say something or somebody else said something? What is in it with the emails versus hard evidence besides emails?
2: Well, there is hard evidence. Uh, Representative Nunes, Trey Gowdy, others uh, on the Congressional Intelligence Committee, uh, the FBI, the CIA, the Defense Department, they have all the evidence uh, that that backs up what I've just told you. Uh, But uh, now we have Attorney General Barr and Durham. Uh, They also have a lot of information uh, uh, that trails back to 2012. Uh, but uh, we're all trying to figure out uh, why they don't hold these people accountable. Why aren't there indictments coming out? We keep waiting for these indictments to come out against uh, Clinton, uh, Brennan, and Clapper that were all involved in uh, uh, that very, uh, oh, i say, corrupt uh, government organization that we had. And the corruption, as you can see today, is extended through the State Department, through the Defense Department. Department of Justice, CIA, FBI. So hopefully, uh, General uh, General Barr is going to come out and we're going to start indicting people and hold them responsible. The evidence is there. We don't have to create any more evidence. It's already there and it's been there for a while.
1: So they have the evidence and what you're saying is almost all parties, CIA, FBI, every part of this knew about it and had evidence to prove against this, in other words, saying that they, they were in the wrong and now you're saying there's That's a right. few of those that are rogue factions within that and' it's, it's a tricky a tricky game at the moment to bring people to justice
2: Well it's all part of the, it's all part of the deep state network and you're going you've had on Nick No, one of the individuals that was on duty that night uh, in 2012. Uh, He was in Germany. We also have another individual, Will Cotel, hopefully you can have on. He was at Central Command at uh, Tampa. Uh, We had commands, uh, what we call the African Command. We had commands on on our fleets uh, in the the, uh, Mediterranean area, Joint Operations Command. So all the military uh, had that same uh, data, uh, but they were they were told to stand down from, the, from Obama to Hillary Clinton and not okay. execute the rescue mission. That's what it's all about, Winfred:
1: We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more General Valile right here on Making Life Brighter Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
3: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
0: Do you feel that you aren't at your best when it comes to your personal health? Even if your doctor gives you a clean bill of health,
3: your life your health your network you're listening to voice america health and wellness
0: welcome back to making life brighter with winifred adams on the voice america health and wellness channel the preferred choice for conscious education and entertainment for more information, please visit us at MakingLifeBrighter.com. If you have questions or comments, please email us at radio at com. That's radio at com. And now, back to the show with your host, Winifred Adams. And we're back. You're
1: listening to Making Life Brighter Radio, and I'm your host, Winifred Adams. And today we have special guest, Major General... And he is a general that's served all over the world. He has served in Europe, Japan, Korea, Egypt, Thailand, Syria, Iraq, Kuwait, Turkey, Israel, Indonesia, and Central America. And he has served as a consultant to Commanding General of the Special Operations Command, as well as the DOD, anti-drug, counterterrorism task forces. And he's also the author of Endgame, Blueprint for Victory for Winning the War on Terror. And most recently, today, he chairs a Stand Up America Foundation and the Legacy National Security Advisory Group. And he is the founding member of the Citizens Commission on National Security and chairman of the Legacy Legacy National Security Advisory Group. So, General, sir, thank you for taking time to be with us today and, and helping us understand this better. Because thank you.
2: Happy to be here.
1: This is a bigger picture that speaks to many things, and it speaks to the health and wellness of the morale of our troops, the people in our society here, in our freedoms. You've been speaking more recently about the potential lapse in freedoms upcoming if we aren't careful. What do you mean by that? What is it that's at stake for us in America right now?
2: Well, it has a lot to do with uh, quality of justice, number one, that uh, we have high government officials that have lied, uh, that have been negligent in their duty, and uh, they haven't been held accountable for it, uh, but yet we see other people uh, in, this, in the Department of Defense where we sent some of our troops for prison, uh, fighting in Afghanistan and Iraq. Uh, Uh, Eddie Gallagher the Davy Seal is a recent example of that Uh, but what we have uh, uh, and thank goodness we have President Trump who's raised the morale of of our troops but our troops uh, all saw uh, that day or later on that we wouldn't mount a a rescue operation to save Americans and those individuals that uh, were in Benghazi at that time that has a tremendous impact on the morale of a unit because we've always said we never leave an American behind. We never do that. And the Obama administration, Hillary Clinton did. And that's why they have to be held accountable for this what? Uh, injustice.
1: What would motivate them to even have um, a CIA command post there and the, what, what's the State Department doing there necessarily? Sounds like it's a bigger picture all the way around. What's what's behind the bigger picture for Well,
2: that? Uh, as, as you may remember, uh, Gaddafi uh, was taken out uh, by the likes of our State Department, Hillary Clinton. Uh, that was a staged operation. Uh, uh, Gaddafi at least had things under control there uh, as a uh, so Sodom uh, had in an, an Iraq uh, an, an unnecessary war, for example. We had no uh, business going into Iraq. They weren't a threat to us. Uh, but you had all those things going on uh, in the Middle East at the time. And so there was a lot of uh, uh, fingers in the pie, so to speak. But the arms deal... Uh, we did. The State Department didn't want to divulge it. The question is: Why was the State Department involved in an arms deal? That's the Defense Department's uh, area uh, of uh, responsibility. And uh, why do you think that is? Other countries.
1: Excuse well, me. Why?
2: Because it was uh, it was uh, it was top down. It was from and Hillary. Uh, they wanted to control the whole situation and make. Uh, the Defense Department subservient to the State Department. That was uh, That's what they wanted to do, and they did it.
1: Who had more control, President Obama or Hillary Clinton? Obama. And Well, I'm saying Clinton, that
2: in Clinton, terms Clinton of it sounds like Clinton, she's Clinton kind of orchestrating. Oh, yeah. She's still trying to orchestrate today. She never gives up.
1: And what's her overall agenda at the end of the day? control the world
2: um, control yeah well control america anyhow and uh, you know they were talking about her coming back in uh maybe to be a, a vice president for uh joe biden if he gets the democratic nomination but you have to understand Rufin, you know, we, we've developed uh, very corrupted organizations uh, over the past decades uh power plays uh not uh, really supporting uh, what the American people want. It's a power-down thing, and that's what socialism and communism is about. It's a top-down type of tyrannical government. We can see what's happening, uh, as happened in Iran, for example. And so uh, this has been going on for quite a, quite a while. And then we politicized the FBI, the CIA, uh, and the leaders there allowed uh, – uh, the operatives in those uh, different departments uh, to, to politicize them. where We had a, a, a silent coup against uh, President Trump uh, staged uh, since 2016 by the likes of Brennan, who was the head of the CIA, uh, Clapper, who was the head of the uh, National uh, Intelligence, uh, he had members of uh, the FBI, uh, you had uh, Comey, you had McCain, and they were all interrelated. These people talked to each other, and uh, that's why uh, that network uh, was set uh, to uh, control America for uh, for decades. And thank goodness we had President Trump come in, and he disrupted all of that, and he's still doing it today.
1: Well, he seems to have disrupted and ruffled feathers everywhere. What is it that you find that which he's needed. doing?
2: Which, which well, it needed to be done because of the corruptness of our institution as we've seen today. Uh, and the, he came in as an individual, not a politician, and he owed nothing to anybody. Uh, so he came in and he disrupted uh, the deep state uh, down to its lowest levels. Uh, uh, he disrupted uh, these uh, when you get into trade and you know, get all these other things, overregulation over taxation, he's been able to disrupt all of that's been in play for for decades now uh, that uh, really made us a power uh, government uh, from the top down. And that's not what it's about. This government is for the people and by the people, not for the politicians.
1: Amen to that. I think the people are begging for their own power back. Now, what do you think about the Biden sweep? That Biden well, just swept America, so to speak, the other night.
2: Well, it seems Joe, as uh, as, as one doctor explained, he's in the first stages of dementia. And of course, we've seen that uh, over his gaffes over the last year and a half. Joe's never had a job in his life other than in politics. Uh, he's a true politician, and he's been part of that apparatus uh, of Clinton uh, and Obama uh, that uh, we've had to we had to tolerate for uh, two administrations, but uh, he'll probably end up as the Democratic nominee, and uh, uh, he'll have no chance against Trump. I'll guarantee you that.
1: Sir, do you know about Russell Hyphen J. Colin Gould? Do you know who no. he is? We've done interviews uh, about he and what he did in America for from July until November. And uh, that's a, a question I was just curious if you knew about. I will send you the information to review after the show today, and perhaps we can have another conversation about that once you've reviewed that. Um, he seems to be okay. an interesting player that may have um, something to say in this entire debate of takedown of the deep state. Who is the deep state? What? Who are these people?
2: Well, you... You can Google an article that I wrote on the deep state uh, two and a half years ago that I gave President Trump. Uh, back when I was in the military, uh, and you've heard the term bureaucracy, well, that's what we called it. These were more or less the permanent members of our government, uh, and I further defined it in my article as follows. Number one, the, the senior levels of the deep state are the, are the ones that are elected uh, politically, Secretary of Defense, Secretary of State. Uh, All those that are political appointees are the first level of the deep state. And then the second level down is what we call the SCS. This is the senior executive service. These are the individuals that are GS-16s, 17s, and 18s. They're in positions that don't change uh, necessarily uh, as our uh, political leaders change. Uh, So uh, they're the ones that run the day-to-day things at the senior level. And then the third level down are your mid-management people that would be GS-15, GS-14, 12, and so on. Uh, and then below that, you really have your staffers that are at the lower GS levels. And so when you see those four levels at work, uh, the, the tendency has been for the power structure, the politicians elected, the SES, really to influence... Uh, the operations, and even the political thinking of the subordinates. And so when you combine all of that, that is the total deep state. That is the swamp that exists in Washington. And uh, we can see now uh, from the Russian collusion, from the, uh, uh, the Ukraine, that uh, all of these players were in play at that time, uh, working uh, basically to take down our president.
1: And you believe Joe Biden was part of that?
2: Of course he was.
1: Interesting. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more right here on Making Life Brighter Radio. Betrayal in Benghazi is what we're talking about today with Major General Paul Vallely. And we have a return guest, Nicholas No. upcoming. We're going to have more in this conversation. If you have questions, you can email me directly at MLB Radio at com. You can subscribe on iTunes worldwide and You can go to makinglifebrighter.com on the radio page and all the archives are there for you. I encourage you to share. I encourage you to continue this conversation wherever you go and share with those that may need to know. We'll be right back.
3: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America.
0: Healthcare has been a major part of news stories today with one thing that has been consistent inconsistency. Both healthcare providers and patients
4: When a woman is diagnosed with breast cancer, it's probably the most frightening thing that's ever happened to her. Friends and family often don't know what to do for support, not to mention the patient herself. That's where Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio comes in. Join Becky Olson, breast cancer survivor and advocate. She helps by providing inspiration, information, and most of all, hope. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time, on the Voice of America Health and Wellness Channel.
1: We're back, and we're talking about the betrayal in Benghazi today. And we have Major General Paul Vellale with us, and we also have return guest Nicholas No. We're going to bring Nick in in just a minute. But I have a question for you, sir. What? Yep. You you said that you gave President Trump an essay, a research on deep state. What did he say? What did he do with that? How did he take that information? Well, you...
2: Well, he already knew the deep state. I didn't have to tell him about that. He knew that the day he arrived in the White House. And uh, he knew uh, basically ahead of time from his staff what was going on. And the biggest uh, mistake I think President Trump has made is not really getting rid of all those Obama whores that were part of the deep state. And, of course, as you can see over the last three years, he's suffered because of that, of the people that have leaked information. Uh, and uh, have plotted against him, like stroke in, uh, in the FBI and so on. But uh, he, he, uh, he gradually got up to speed with the deep state about it, and he's still, he's still. Uh, uh, and Secretary Pompeo and the others are now uh, still in. Sure. Then removing those people.
1: Mm hmm.
2: We just saw hey. a clean sweep. Sway- of eighty some people in the National Security Council.
1: So he's aware, and he's he's more or less cleaning house in Washington, is what you're saying?
2: Yes, absolutely.
1: If he cleans house in Washington, are there other members of this deep state that are out there somewhere? And it's sort of like a you know you you mow the lawn and then the, it grows back. Will that happen? <laughs> Would that happen? <laughs>
2: Well, uh, of course, anything can happen in our open society with First Amendment rights uh, that we have, freedom of speech and so on. Uh, But uh, you can see what's happening of the move of the Democratic candidates to a socialist communist state. Uh, That's part of the deep state operations going on. Uh, I'm not sure that that will ever go away. But the fact is that uh, we believe in the Constitution, the Bill of Rights. We will prevail. And we will defeat the deep state operatives.
1: That's, that's enlightening. I'm, I'm hoping that we can bring enough light to that situation to bring back America to a democratic, a truly democratic position. I, I long to see that happen myself. Sir, what is our greatest threat in America today? What's the number one thing we're up against?
2: Well, I'm, I'm giving a speech in Las Vegas on exactly that same uh, question you've asked, and then also in the state of Washington. And uh, next week I have Charlie Kirk coming out. We'll cover the America first uh, and turning point, which he represents. But uh, you have uh, the, the threats to America are in two categories, external threats and internal threats. And when you look at the external threats, uh, you look at China, uh, you look at Iran, you look at, uh, Islamic radicalism, terrorist attacks, uh, and you look at the cartels, uh, south of our border. So those are, uh, the four greatest external threats that we have. Now also, uh, you have to look at the internal threats and you look at the threats that the cartels have, uh, inspired of the gangs in Los Angeles that have moved into these sanctuary cities, uh, the sanctuary cities, uh, uh, under themselves are threats. We have terrorist uh, mob groups like Antifa. Uh, we have uh, Council of Arab-American uh, Relations uh, uh, that espouse uh, Sharia law and uh, radical Islam in the United States. Um, and so uh, you look at our national debt, uh, you know, there's a lot of financial things uh that are threats to our longevity, and that, that has to be solved. So uh, uh, when you look at those threats, then you have to have a plan to neutralize those threats. And uh, that's, that's what the president is in charge of.
1: Do you feel he has a plan?
2: Of course he does. Does
1: great he have a long, long-term
2: plan? Great tax plan. He's going to build up our military again. So we have the finest military in the world. We have new aircraft coming on board, new ships, uh, new uh, cyber uh, type of uh, warfare, the new space command, uh, plan for trade, plan for uh, health, welfare, restructuring of our infrastructure. Uh, yeah, he's got a plan. For, he's doing all those things. He's a master chess player at all different levels of chess.
1: Do you speak to him Keep personally? Mine.
2: mind. Uh, no. I send him stuff, though.
1: Very good. I Very live in good.
2: Montana and he lives in Washington. Okay? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's a world apart.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right.
1: Very good. Well, now I'd like to bring back Nicholas Ngo, who was our guest last week on the show. And, Nick, we'd like to have you join our conversation. Welcome back. Thank you for being with us today. And Nicholas was part of the Air Force. He was stationed over in Germany when the Benghazi uh, attack occurred. And I'd like to jump back into the purpose of today's conversation, which is the betrayal in Benghazi. And Nick, having listened to what we've talked about so far, what do you have to say about what went wrong?
5: Well, uh, i got to tell you that what went wrong was... Uh, the way it was set up is that there's a procedure for every time, for any time that this sort of thing would happen. There's a procedure that we follow um, to make sure that uh, we get everybody staffed and uh, and together to mount a rescue mission for for an attack or any sort of uh, reason we need to be spun up, have our troops into uh, uh, into work, you know, any given moment. And uh, you know, we have people from all these different commands that we're told not to rescue them and then not to, uh, you know, uh, on top of that to deny help from our allies too. So uh, you got to think to yourself, what is the motivation besides, uh, let's say, I mean, we know that Hillary was running a weapons, you know, Mark Turry on Fox News and explained that Hillary had taken over his weapons program. He was a CIA uh, uh, asset and he was a part of the weapons program. And he said that, you know, he was, his business as usual, and this is a really common occurrence anyway. I don't know if most people know that, but this is going on all the time. But what she did was she took control of that and was sending those weapons through there, all right? And, uh, and she you know, she took it upon herself to do that, and there's no reason that that would have needed to be done or she needed to be involved at all with that. So I'm thinking to myself that, uh, you know, the reason they decided to, make sure that uh, our guys died there was to make sure that they covered up for crimes that that, uh, weren't just a part of a weapons program. I think there's probably some other motivation that we aren't aware of yet that's probably involving money and power plays here um, that's probably going to be coming to the surface really soon, I think.
1: This is important because this speaks to what may be going on behind the scenes with different political moves. Now, as you look back on time and see this, gentlemen, both of you, and now you look to what's happening today with President Trump and the decisions he's made over there, what are the differences? What's happening that is taking place currently to either reshift this back into a better space or try and mend this? What's happening in the Middle East?
5: Well, look at ISIS. We had, you know, ISIS was uh, around for several years, and we could have stopped them right from the get-go whenever uh, they started to form. we mean, we knew exactly what was going on where they were, you know, the people involved. We knew all of that stuff. Where I was at, you know, in the AFRICOM Air and Space Operations Center there. You know, we, we basically watched it all form and then let them, and I use the word let, maybe, let them go across the Middle East raping, killing, stealing. I think they even looted a bank I'm pretty sure, um, you know, they, they did whatever they wanted without any repercussion. And uh, we let that happen. And for what reason, I can't tell you, but uh, we, we certainly did. And uh, as soon as Trump uh, had the opportunity, he gets an office and then he had his uh, uh, best military commanders come together and tell him, hey, look, this is the situation. This is who we got to get. This is how we got to do it. And man, he decimated ISIS. It was only in a couple of weeks, I think. It was uh, and they were gone that's how quickly it could have been from the start, and we did nothing.
1: And so going back in time to what Hillary supposedly did, and you have proof and evidence of this that you say is forthcoming and uh, with with putting her on the stand and having her come forward again in a deposition, what do you think is going to be the result of this what What will happen? that changes yesterday?
5: I think it's going to leave, it's going to give a lot of information and uh, show intent that was involved. And there's a lot of other things involved with her server besides the emails about Benghazi. There's a lot in there and you're going to be shocked to find uh, what you hear. But uh, where, where I want to go with this is just follow the money. Once they follow the money and show the documentation of money, flowing uh, to the Clinton Foundation and where it came from, who who was laundered through, all of that stuff, then you get a really clear picture of what was going on. Um, And that's how it is with all all the corruption. You just got to follow the money.
1: That's an interesting point, and that's probably so true. What do you see President Trump doing about the Middle East today? Or is there anything to do about the Middle East today? I'm to understand that the... He went right in after being elected and shifted out that big Iranian deal that took all the money and parked it over someplace, and he undid it again. Is that true?
5: Uh, That's what I understand, and um, that's one of the reasons that uh, I I don't know. I know a little bit more about that. I know that I'm pretty sure that they got more money than everybody let on, and the whole way the transaction went was not... Proper, um, there's no reason they should have received pallets of cash uh, as payment for anything, um, and that's really untraceable money. And it, uh, you know, uh, uh, makes you ask why would they do something like that to make it untraceable? You
1: know? You're um, referring you to know, the Obama administration, right? You're referring to during the Obama yeah. administration, this is what happened, and I'm I'm referring to yeah, Trump the, coming in and taking that back, so to speak.
5: Yeah, look what he did with um you know, he got Sayamani. That guy was a terrible person. Uh he did a lot of bad things and he he was uh, the head of a, uh you know um a lot of things. He he had his hands in a lot of different organizations, um, terrorist organizations, and uh he he yeah, he, he goes way, way back and um he should have been taken out a long time ago and there's no doubt about that. And, uh, and it was a good thing that Trump did that. And then you've got, uh, you know, he's open to having conversations with them and, and fixing that up. And look what he did in, in uh, what we've got going on in Afghanistan. We got peace talks going. There was, uh, I think there's a little hiccup the past day. But, uh, you know, they they attacked somebody, the Taliban there. But um,
1: Very good. Know, we're take that, a, look,
5: look what they're doing.
1: We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more on Making Life Greater Radio.
0: Addiction can affect our relationships, our families, our home, and work lives. But most importantly, ourselves. The recovery process can do wonders in the lives of people suffering from active addiction and also for those that love them. It's not just 12-step programs, but so much more. It's learning how to live life on life's terms. If you can relate to these issues or love someone who does, start with yourself. Start by tuning in to Miracles in Recovery with host Ray Lynch, Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Hope is in your corner. How much health and wellness information have you been exposed to today? Listen to Prescription for Success with Dr. Emil Haldi. Healing and empowerment start from within, but it also takes the best knowledge and advice. That's what you'll find here. Dr. Haldi and his guests will help you make the right life-enhancing decisions for well-being success. Tune in live every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for Prescription for Success. Welcome back to Making Life Brighter with Winifred Adams on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. If you have questions, comments, or would like to make an appointment with medical intuitive Winifred Adams, please email us at radio at makinglifebrighter.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook at Making Life Brighter, the preferred choice for conscious education and entertainment. Now back to the show with your host, Winifred Adams.
1: We're back. You're listening to Making Life Writer Radio. And today we're discussing the betrayal in Benghazi. And I have special guests, Major General Paul Vallelay and Nicholas No, who's a return guest from last week's show. And Nicholas was stationed in Germany at the time of the Benghazi attacks. And he had information come across his desk. He was the person in charge of all the assets around Europe knowing where people were at all times and he has quite a bit of information that compels him to come forward to speak about this. Nick, what is it that your main takeaway from this event is after having seen what went across your desk?
5: That there are corrupt there's corruption at the highest levels of government and our command structures where everybody was told to stand down that that and to to not follow what's going on by the State Department, none of that would have ever happened unless someone very high up the food chain was involved in that and those people, some of them in the peripherals could still be in government and they need to be removed because they're obstructionists and they've you know they've got blood on their hands and they need to a, be held to account for what they've done
1: so what do you think will happen within the seventy five days upcoming that Requires Hillary Clinton to be de- deposed in person.
5: I would like for her to answer the questions honestly. She won't do that. She hasn't in the past. She hasn't. You know, she won't do that in the future. I don't believe. Um, even with documents right in front of her, she'll still say that she wasn't involved. I, that's just my opinion, but uh, that won't make her any less guilty of what she's done. So and that's a good part about that.
1: You both have seen proof of this, seen proof that, uh, in fact, she lied. And she wasn't the only one, from what I understand. Why are the others not in the forefront of being held accountable?
2: Well, number one, they've, we've not challenged them yet. We haven't held accountable. We haven't had indictment.
1: And who's upholding and an indictment?
2: to put them on the stage. Yeah, so it's in progress.
1: And what would expedite this? Well, she's going to come up and be deposed. What would keep her from being deposed? Anything, or is she absolutely no. going to no, show nothing. up there and have
2: to? Rec- no, no, she's a citizen now, and uh, she has to answer the call. She's not serving in any government position, just like if you would be called for a deposition, or myself. Now, she's a citizen now, but she's got to be held accountable for her dereliction uh, of duty and other conflicts uh, during her time as Secretary of State.
1: Now, if if they find her guilty and anyone else in that administration guilty, then what? What happens? It
2: depends what they. Do. It depends what they give them, 10 years in prison, or uh, uh, it depends, again, the grand jury uh, will uh, take that over. They'll go to trial, and then it's up to a jury to decide. So we'll have to see. That's all in the future. But the main thing is is to indict them, uh, have a fair uh, trial, and uh, then let the jury decide.
1: Have you ever heard of what people are saying as... Trump is, is finally putting an end to the Civil War. What does that mean? I've heard people say that. Trump's finally no, I, putting an end to the Civil War. What, is, what does that mean?
2: Well, no, we're really only at the beginning of a Civil War. Uh, he's attempting to do everything he can to uh, get the vast support of the American people behind him and not the socialists. We have a divide in this country now that's worse than the Civil War in the 1800s. Uh, we have all these influence of uh, communism, socialism. Uh, we have people want to tear apart our Constitution, our First and Second Amendment rights. We are in a civil war right now, in my opinion. And we see no end in sight right now.
1: There has to be a solution. If we can put a man on the moon and we can fight wars and develop... You know all these different technologies. Certainly, we can come to a place of harmony. There has to be a way of I would harmony. I hope so. You're the author of the end game. So how could there be an end game?
2: Well, what would let's, it You uh, go back through history, uh, all the dynamics that have led to the downfall of Rome, and you you see what happened to the Hitlers of the world, the Stalins. Uh, uh, the world has always been in conflict to some degree. I don't see any end to that at all. There's never going to be a pure uh, life <laughs> uh, anywhere on, on, on Earth. There will always be conflicts because of different cultures, different uh, philosophies. Uh, but it's a matter of uh, being true to the people. Everything comes down to being true to the people, supporting the people, whatever country you're in. And it's not about power structures and tyrannical governments running things. And, of course, we've seen what's happened in the Middle East with the tyrannical governments there. So uh, uh, we'll prevail. Uh, God will hopefully enlighten all of us uh, that we can have uh, as harmonious a society as possible, and that's all we can really hope and pray for.
1: Sir, do you believe the coronavirus is organic?
2: Well, there's two reports, as you know. One that came from... uh, the uh, wild animal farm in Wuhan uh, coming out now that uh, there's a second strain that's been developed, uh, and it's a clinical laboratory strain. Um, So we'll have to see what further investigations reveal. But that's the latest of today.
1: Do you know if there's a vaccine for this already?
2: Israel's working on it as well as our CDC, and I don't buy the fact that it's going to take a year. They need to have that vaccine done very shortly. I would think the Israelis may come up with it first.
1: Interesting. Nick, tell us your final thoughts on the whole betrayal in Benghazi because you were there, you were inside. It crossed your desk.
5: My final thoughts, uh, I'll tell you. That this is not going to go away, as uh, Charlie Daniels often tweets. He says, uh, "Benghazi isn't ain't going away. Benghazi ain't going away, and uh, I'm not going to give up until justice is served. You know, I uh, I promise that I would uh, see this all the way through. So I will, and uh, we will not give up until people are held accountable.
1: When is your book exactly. coming out? The book will but be out when? We're
2: negotiating when? a book contract right now. We don't have a publisher yet. We hope to make us a, a mini-series of it, uh, if we can, on Netflix. So those are some plans, but we'll have to see what develops.
1: And we wish you all the best. We thank you for taking your time and your expertise in coming to enlighten us here on Making Life Brighter Radio. I ask everyone the same question. What makes your life brighter? How about I you, Nick?
5: Hung up. Well... I tell you, my friends, family, and uh, my fellow man lift me up. My, my dog. She's a good dog. And I was Basically, <laughs> just. Uh,
1: <laughs> Very good. Justice, I suppose, huh? <laughs> in this case, justice. <laughs> Very good. General, are you still there? Oh, I think he left us. Very good, Nick. Thank you for taking your time again and coming and being with us. And. I wish you all the best in this journey. We'll have you back again. We'll find out where things are and what's happening next and Godspeed to all the truth coming forward whatever it may be that is best for the American people. Thank you. Go Jolly, everybody. We'll see you next week.
0: For listening to Making Life Brighter on the Health and Wellness Channel, be sure to join us every Thursday at 10 a.m. for information, inspiration, and education with leading experts in healing and consciousness. For more information and a complete show schedule, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. Making Life Brighter, successfully helping you feel better from the inside out. Go Jolly!